so as we've said, um, wise effort is the effort to do what's skillful in relation to a lasting happiness and liberation. Um, we're conditioning our minds all the time. In, um, in a lot of ways, we're like Pavlov's dogs. Uh, you know, he trained them so that every time he fed them, he rang a bell. Eventually, um, all they had to do was ring the bell and they'd salivate. And that's how our minds are. You know, any little trigger and our mind goes in that direction. We're conditioned. And so what we're trying to do is um, use the tendency of the mind to get conditioned um, in, a, in a way that's helpful instead of a way that's harmful. Um, in the same way that um, if we uh, start a habit, uh, a, a habit that isn't a useful habit, the more we do it, the stronger it gets. Uh, but the same is true with when we start a, a useful habit, you know, like learning any skill. If you're playing the piano, the more you play, the more you practice, the better you get at it. And uh, the mind, in terms of skillful qualities of the mind, it basically works the same way. Uh, if we practice uh, generosity, we practice uh, kindness, uh, we practice patience, uh, we become more patient and more kind. Uh, if we practice the other, we're beating ourselves up because we're not staying on the breath. Um, you know, we're not getting better at staying on the breath, we're getting better at beating ourselves up. <laughs> so, um, uh, so that's what we're looking at in, in wise effort. Um, it's really beginning to recognize um, when um, or thoughts and mental states are not skillful. Often we believe, uh, while we're beating ourselves up, that that's the only way to make us be better. Um, and, but if we really spend a little time examining uh, how our hearts are, when we're being harsh and judgmental of ourselves, um, we see that it's not a skillful place. Just like with a child, um, you know, you're trying to teach a child how to walk. You know, every time they fall, do you um, yell at them? Or do you say, okay, try again, you know, and you smile because you know they'll get it. They'll be able to walk. And in the same way, you know, if we can hold ourselves with that uh, gentle kindness that we do of a child when we're trying to teach a child. Um, so as, as um, we said, there's four right, right efforts. And um, I like to think of the acronym of PAC, you know, uh, and I think you'll mention that, um, you know, prevent, accept, cultivate, and keep. So we prevent unskillful states. We, once they show up, we abandon them. And we cultivate wholesome states. And once we sh they show up, we try to keep them, we try to sustain them and develop them. And it's something we pack and take with us wherever we go. So it's sort of, uh, you know, uh, I like having that close to me. Um, but on a practical basis, you know, we use those at different times. There's different times when they're useful. Um, and tonight, I'm going to start talking about the second one, abandoning. Um, we thought that on the very first day of retreat, um, uh, we tend to get caught up in a lot of stuff. 
um, and that it's most useful to talk about abandoning unskillful states and letting go and relaxing. And, um, and, and so we're going to do them a little bit out of the traditional order. So abandoning is described as not to let an unskillful thought or state arrive, which, I'm sorry, not to let an unskillful um, thought or state which has already arisen to continue. Um, so it's easier to say, you know, the practice is it's, uh, it's about letting go of clinging. That's what, uh, what it really is. It's abandoning or clinging to an unskillful state. Um, the primary practice of abandoning um, is not to try to get rid of any unskillful state as soon as it happens, but it's really about understanding it. Uh, for instance, the traditional um, uh, analogy we use is like, you know, if you pick up a hot coal by accident, um, you're not going to say, well, should I drop it or should I, you know, should I hold on to it? You know, you just automatically drop it because it's not useful. And what happens with unskillful states, we often don't recognize them. We don't see them. We're distracted by, uh, by a lot of, of our ideas about things. And, um, and so the first thing we need to do is actually know, you know, what is an unskillful state? And is one present? Um, for instance, um, let's say you're caught up in, um, in our, a disagreement with someone, and um, I've, you know, this is something I've experienced, you know, um, where I've gotten really caught up in the ideas about the disagreement, and you know, um, he's saying this, and I'm saying this, and, and um, I forget that it's much more important for me to be free than to be right. Uh, in that moment, I think the most important thing in the world is to be right. You know, that's when I get caught. But needing to be right um, is suffering. It's dukkha. That that feeling of like I've just got to win. I got to you know I got to pound this in, into this person's head. You know, it's dukkha. It's suffering. It's um, and uh, it's just losing touch with with really what's important in life, and that's to be free. And um, and the same thing happens on the cushion, you know, where um, uh, whether we're caught in a fantasy or whether we're caught, um, uh, we find ourselves um, caught in a version about, um, um, you know, oh, my back isn't acting the way it should, or, um, or a, mi- a myriad of things that I'm sure each one of you can come up with, with uh, something unique that we all get caught by, <laughs> that we all identify with. Um, so, you know, we, um, if we don't pay attention to our minds, um, the, um, different things will arise, and at some point, the defilements will arise. And the defilements are known as the, they're the roots of greed, 
uh, greed or desire, clinging to desire, or aversion or hatred and delusion. Those are kind of the roots of all the unskillful uh, states that we get. You know, for, for instance, um, with, uh, with hatred um, or aversion, you know, that can span from the, the tiniest irritation, you know, uh, that person's breathing too hard, you know, that little irritation to, um, uh, you know, feeling really bad about yourself, to hatred and rage, the whole realm of uh, those type of um, uh, so-called negative, afflictive feelings all come from that root. And uh, unless we're really liberated and really um, completely free, uh, those roots live within us. In fact, um, one of the definitions of enlightenment, uh, I don't know where, where this came from, but um, uh, has, you know, maybe Gil said it, <laughs> uh, is that um, it can be defined as being free of greed, hatred, and delusion. And, um, and so when those things show up in us, you know, this is what it is to be human. This is how we humans are, how we find ourselves. And this is what this path is, is to free ourselves from those things. So no matter how well you think you're practicing, you're all concentrated and feeling really stable, at some point these things show up. And they're supposed to show up. In fact, um, we should welcome them because it's only when they show up, um, you know, when, when you have, we have the luxury of time on retreat to see these things, you know, instead of uh, dealing with them in the middle of a work day. <laughs> Um, and so we can really see them and get to know them and understand them. And as we see them, we can begin to let them go. <clears throat> if we're feeling unhappy or unsettled, um, there's usually an unskillful state going on. So that's your first hint. You know, if, if you're um, wishing for anything else than what's happening, there's an unskillful state going on. And what we do in this practice is we turn towards it. You know, we don't try to concentrate our way out of it. We don't try to... Um, it's not that sometimes it's not useful to do that, but just in general principle, we, we turn towards it to get to know it. And... Um, <coughs> Sometimes, you know, um, um, one of the things that can happen, you know, some of us um, are sometimes uh, can, we think we're abandoning or letting go, but we're letting go too easily. And, um, and when I was a, a teenager, I was involved in a spiritual group. Um, that ha held a lot of value on being positive all the time. And um, if you weren't positive and happy all the time, you were uh, somehow failing. And so everybody kind of walked around um, with, uh, I used to call it goo-goo eyes, you know. <laughs> um, but just this, this, uh, this look that was a uh, little bit unreal, um, you know, where everybody just pretended to be higher than the next person, you know, being a little more spiritually evolved and, 
and um, it wasn't very authentic, or at least f f what, what, what I was around and what I was doing wasn't all that authentic. And uh, that we were made to feel wrong if we, ha if we had a negative thought. And so uh, one of the things that happened is like, there's a lot of repression going on. And so we need to be really conscious when um, anger comes up, you know, are we um, getting to know it, recognizing it, and, and letting it move through us? Or are we saying, uh, okay, anger, I'm letting you go, bye. You know, just pushing it away and actually repressing it. Um, you know, when we repress those um, um, afflictive states without really understanding them, getting to know them, it actually is a form of uh, turning our anger inward. It's actually harmful to us. It makes it actually more, ch more challenging to access and to uh, kind of purify them out of us. Um, one, of the, one of the things that um, I always liked um, um, Ram does, you know, he's, he was talking about you know, uh, dealing with some of his unwholesome um, uh, feelings, you know, and he said, you know, that, that uh, finally at one point he matured enough, you know, that when this thing showed up, you know, he just uh, said, oh, welcome sexual perversion, haven't seen you in a while. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, that always kind of, um, that little bit of humor to me uh, was really helpful when I deal with these things that can feel uh, so heavy. Uh, sometimes, you know, just having a little, you know, bringing, um, looking at them with the eyes of compassion. Yeah, we all have these, you know. Can we uh, look at them with just a lot of uh, kindness, tenderness, humor, if it's helpful at the time? Um, <clears throat> So different levels of effort are required at different times for the different unskillful thoughts. Um, for instance, um, you know, when I'm being impatient, you know, sometimes, you know, in, in you know, I'm on, I'm on retreat and, and um, I want to be settled. <laughs> and I'm not settled, you know, and so my mind's going, okay, breath, breath, come on, settle already. You know, there's this, this feeling of impatience, you know, and, and usually um, if I just recognize it um, and uh, it goes away, you know, it's like, okay, back to, back to the present, back to the way things really are, not the way I want them to be. And, um, and so at other times it requires a lot more. Um, um, <clears throat> And so one of the things that have been really useful to me, you know, so, so the way the, that these uh, unskillful thoughts um, show up, uh, we often refer to them in the form, in meditation, in the form of the five hindrances. And, um, and I know a lot of you know the, uh, the five hindrances, but uh, some of you might be newer to that. And so I want to just briefly kind of uh, touch on them, but they're... Um, uh, the first one's greed or desire, and that's just like the defilements, right? Greed or desire, um, aversion or hatred, um, 
and again that's just like the defilements and the third defilement is called delusion you know is delusion and that covers the other three which is uh, restlessness um, or uh, sloth and torpor and um, the last one is doubt and you know if you think about delusion it's like you know if you're in sloth and torpor you don't know where you are you're pretty deluded and uh, same thing often when you're restless you know it's like there's nothing so specific it's just kind of this, this uh, you sort of don't know what's going on. You're just restless. Um, and that I won't talk about right now. But doubt is delusion because um, it's often um, asking questions that are not useful for the time. You know, um, or having doubt in ourselves. That's not particularly useful when we're, we're exploring ourselves um, and doubting ourselves that we, that we can do this practice arises. It doesn't really help us look at what's happening. So it, it just, uh, you know, spins us out from the present moment. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So as I said, um, the first, the, you know, first thing we need to do when the unskillful thought arises is to know it's there, to recognize it. And um, and so for working with the different um, uh, difficulties of unskillful thoughts, I like to use uh, the RAIN formula, um, uh, which I found like a really helpful acronym, you know, that actually helps me. Um, has helped me when when things are challenging uh, to be able to stay with my experience. And so the first part, as I've said, is is recognizing what's happening. And often that's pretty hard, especially when we're um, lost in a fantasy. You know, it's uh, it's so nice there, and and uh, it might take a while before you go, oh oh, look what I've been doing for the last twenty minutes uh, or more. <clears throat> and, um, you know, often just by recognizing uh, an unskillful thought, it goes away. Uh, but if it doesn't, it requires a little more effort. And, um, and so the next part is acceptance. And no matter what unskillful state comes up, um, it could be a really what we think is a really ugly and skillful state. You know, like for instance, for myself, um, you know, one of the things that, um, that, that was really hard for me, you know, I never thought of myself as a jealous person. And, um, you know, and I thought of that as a really terrible, terrible quality. So when that feeling would arise, I didn't want to know it. It was, it was too ugly for me to to want to know it, and it took the acceptance of it for me to actually be able to let go of that, um, to let go of a lot of the stuff I'd been holding on around it, uh, a lot of anger towards some people that was actually based on, on jealousy. Um, and, um, you know, so, so we need to accept qualities in ourselves that may not be, uh, we may not like them. It's okay for us not to like something to accept it. You know, we may not like um, 
um, you know, the smell of a baby's diaper, you know, but, uh, but you know, if we're changing a diaper, we accept it, you know, we can do it with love, we, you know, we don't have to like it. Um, <clears throat> we always start with where we are. You know, anytime you get lost in practice, we're here, body and mind. So it's always uh, uh, where acceptance starts. It's right here. Whatever's happening in the moment belongs. It's okay, no matter how challenging it is. Saying yes, saying yes to the moment. Saying yes to how things are, not how we want them to be. And it doesn't mean that's easy to do. You know, we may have resistance to it. You know, so we want to, if, if we do, if it doesn't, if acceptance doesn't release it, then we, we go a little deeper. And so the next part of the uh, RAIN formula is to investigate. Excuse me. So when we investigate it, you know, so we've uh, already recognized what it is, um, you know, keep bringing up anger, so I'll use that, you know, let's say it's anger, some anger has arisen, um, and we, um, um, <coughs> we can turn the attention to the body. Uh, this is where we are, you know, how does that feel in the body? We let go of the story that uh, brought, the, uh, brought the anger to arise. You know, if um, the anger rose from a memory, you know, you let go of the story and you see how, how is the anger in your body right now. And um, I like to think of it as we explore, we investigate uh, the body, the heart, and the mind. You know, so the first is, uh, you know, so sometimes, you know, just being in the body with, with a strong, uh, uh, challenging state, and you can just write it out, and then that's, that's all you need. And then it just kind of go, go back to the breath, go back to what you're doing. Um, but other times, you know, there's this really intense energy, and it's, it's, you, f- you, f- you feel kind of confused by it, you know. And so then you look at your heart, your attitude towards, towards it. How, do you, how are you relating to it? Um, and that's where often, you know, I find, oh, I'm resisting it. You know, I want, I want to, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm being mindful of it, so it'll go away. <laughs> you know, that's my, uh, my, my uh, attitude, you know. So then we turn our attention to the resistance. Uh, the resistance becomes the meditation object. Um, or we're afraid of it. It might be that we're afraid of it, and that's how we're relating to it. It's like, it's here, but I don't want it here. And, and we're just kind of pushing it away, holding it at bay. Um, and then um, if that, you know, if there isn't anything particularly uh, uh, there for you there, you might um, look at the mind. You know, are there ideas you have about what's going on um, that's, uh, that are um, 
keeping you holding on to this thing. And um, I'll give you an example of, uh, that happened to me on retreat. Um, I was on one retreat and I had a, um, had a roommate. You know, we, we shared a, um, uh, the situation was that, you know, I don't know how many, but half the rooms were private and half the rooms were shared. And I had a roommate, and it was a difficult, difficult roommate. Um, and, um, or it was difficult for me to be with the roommate. Uh, to, you know, but in my mind, it was a difficult roommate. Um, and, um, and I was really suffering. I was just so miserable about this. You know, I'd come to my room and it would be like, um, instead of the refuge of going to your bedroom and going, ah, how nice to, you know, relax my back a little bit. It was like, oh, no, I have to come here. And, um, you know, and the, a lot of things arose, you know. Uh, but, but, you know, it wasn't quite that bad. But what happened was I knew that half the people had private rooms. And and I know I knew that one of the people who got one of the private rooms they'd even come late to the retreat, and I was so angry that um, that it wasn't fair. It just wasn't fair, you know. And um, and you know, and I, I sat with my anger. I, I sat with my upset, and uh, it took me. Uh, I hate to say it took me. Couple of weeks, you know, <laughs> uh, before I finally realized that what was going on in my mind was, um, you know, life is supposed to be fair, and this is not fair. If I let go of this, I'm letting go of something really important that life should be fair, you know. And, and it wasn't close to me, you know. It wasn't close to me, but as I I kept turning towards it and turning towards it, I started seeing deeper into it. It's not like I could deal with it all at once. It just, you know, but I just kept <coughs> touching upon it piece at a time, a piece at a time. And at some point, I, it wasn't discursive thinking. And so, so that's what I'm trying to get at. It wasn't like, I, okay, I'm going to think about this now and figure it out. Um, we're not asking for that discursive thinking. We're, it, it's just really considering, is there, uh, to, very lightly, very gently, do I, is there something going on, some idea that I have here about how things sh are supposed to be? And kind of this open question, you know, allowed me to finally see um, what, what it was that, was, um, that I was so strongly holding on to. Um, and, um, um, yeah. So, um, so investigation, you know, the primarily, much of the time, um, I never, you know, I rarely go past how the body feels. Usually that's, you know, that, that gets there and then it fades. You don't need to chase it through all the efforts. You use the amount of effort that, that you need to use to really understand what happens in the moment. Any of these defilements, trust me, they'll show up again. <laughs> until you're really purified of them, you know, they'll, you know, so you'll have plenty of opportunity. It's not like if it, if it went away, you know, that, that you lost something, you'll have plenty of opportunity. Um, and the, the last part of it, um, and, um, is the end, is non-identification, you know, or it's, it's, uh, not self. 
and what it means is, is um, or how you know how I use that is that um, uh, to not take it personally, to not take these really difficulties as so personal. They're um, just like I talked about Pavlov's dogs. Um, you know, we've been conditioned to be neurotic. It's not like we chose to be neurotic. Uh, it's just the conditioning. We all came here with different conditioning. Some of us came with um, from really, you know, supportive families and really uh, very good uh, life conditions with uh, great parmies, great, um, you know, lots of generosity. And, and some of us came from much more, you know, with different conditions where we maybe grew up in uh, more toxic households and... Um, and you know, came with a lot more um, um, uh, uh, difficult, afflictive emotions, you know. And none of it is personal. This is the conditioning um, that that we bring to the moment, whatever we have. Um, and this is what we have to work with. Um, <coughs> So one of the things um, that I remember also being very, very stuck on is um, uh, finding myself in a very, in an unskillful mental state. And, um, you know, where I was like really angry at someone and um, someone close to me. And, um, and I knew, I could see very clearly that, um, that I wanted to let go of my anger. Uh, that um, I wasn't right, you know, and uh, but I couldn't, I couldn't let go of it, you know. I tried looking at it from every angle, and it just, it was just there. It was just heavy and there, and you know, and I'd go, okay, let go, <laughs> you know, relax into it, you know, and it'd be just like this, this stone, you know, and. Um, and um, and I that that happened to me a number of times where I'd been in challenging uh, states, you know, where I couldn't move into it, move and let go, you know, um, it just wouldn't flow. And um, and you know what I found um, was that by inclining the mind in the direction of letting go was enough. Any state you've ever had, no matter how bad it was, it's gone, right? Any of you still have uh, any of the tantrums you had as a kid? Uh, you know, any state eventually does fade. Um, and so trusting the process, that inclining the mind, like, okay, I can't, I, I'm not letting go of this anger right now, but I want to. You know, and by by allowing that, I, I could actually begin to feel that clinging, my attachment to my anger. There's a certain part of my anger that actually feels good. You know, it feels makes me feel strong. You know, and so um, uh, you know, if I'd been if 
if I hadn't allowed myself to just incline in that direction, that may not have opened up for me to see. Um, and, you know, it's sort of um, a little bit like, um, you know, I don't know if you've, uh, many of you had this experience where you have to get up in the morning, so you set the clock, uh, but you wake up before it, right? So you set a seed in the mind, and the mind responds. And it's the same thing, you know, when something's really difficult like this, you know, you set the, you go, okay, I want to go there. That's where I want to go, you know, and you just let, it, let that go. And trust that with time, that will, that will happen. Um, let's say something else. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, so one of the things that happens with unskillful states is that um, the reason we get attached to them is because they have something really pleasurable about them. It's not all of them, but there's something, you know. For instance, um, you know, somebody hurts our feelings. It makes us feel, um, it hurts, right? And when we're hurt, we feel kind of weak and vulnerable. And so it feels uh, better to feel strong and angry. You know, when we're angry, we actually have adrenaline going through our bodies. So we're actually physically stronger. It's not a wholesome way of being physically stronger, but, but it's one way of being physically stronger. Uh, it's kind of a natural way. You know, animals do that to protect themselves. Um, and, you know, same thing happens with, um, you know, um, did any of you today get lost in daydreaming? You know, I think a few of you might have, right? Um, and so daydreaming feels good. You know, it feels good for a while. And so it's hard to notice that it's actually an unskillful state um, in meditation. You know, did you, you know, did we come on retreat to spend, um, you know, six hours uh, fantasizing? You know, but yet in the moment it feels like, oh yeah, this is, you know, I, I need this, you know. <laughs> um, this feels good, you know. Oh, look how quickly the time's going. <laughs> um, uh, so, so recognizing it, what that is, it's attachment to pleasure, <coughs> right? It's, um, it's um, one of the hindrances, right? It's uh, desire, pleasure. We want, we you know, when we find pleasure, we want more of it. And so there's a certain pleasure we get uh, when we're daydreaming, fantasizing, and we want more of it. So, we, you know, it's easy to cling to it. Um, so it's not always the um, uh, looking at the, um, uh, what the unpleasurable feelings and, and experiences we have that we cling to, but also the really nice ones can be very... Um, uh, you know, very uh, compelling. Um, you know, if you look at a, at a young child, you know, it's like they want ice cream, right? That's a, you know, nice little desire, right? But they want it and they really want it, right? You see them go from, oh, ice cream, the eyes light up, that's, you know, it's cool, it's a nice idea. But then if it looks like they're not getting it, boy, are they suffering. You know, desire quickly, quickly turns into suffering. 
and to see that in ourselves, you know, um, uh, when we want something, when we're wanting, um, uh, and uh, even when it's, it feels good, even when it feels good. The Buddha said, um, uh, the Dhamma is for one who is energetic, not for one who is lazy. And so, um, you know, it's nice to occasionally think about that when we get lost in these states. It takes commitment to turn towards the difficult. Um, it take, can take courage and strength. It's not something that just um, necessarily always happens easily. Um, so I really, um, really appreciate, you know, as we go through this retreat, you know, some of us are, you know, at times we're going through really uh, wonderful states of calm and bliss, and other ones are going through really challenging, painful things. Um, and it's all good. It's all the practice. It's all, you know, towards in the service of freedom. And, and I think that's enough. Um, I'll leave it at that. I just want to um, end with a poem that I find really um, uh, speaks to our relationship with, um, uh, with our uh, uh, skillful and unskillful thoughts that come up in states. Um, the Guest House by Rumi. This being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival. A joy, a depression, a meanness. Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all, even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture. Still, treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice, meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. So thank you.